Happy day, Rosal Garcia with Why Jesus. I am hoping you are planning on a terrific day to look for the sunshine and look for good positive things despite what the world may throw at you. That is one of my philosophies and that always manages to help me feel better because <clears throat> I can find God and good things and and positive things and that always makes me feel of his love and his guidance in my life so wishing you the same for you and your family so today we are continuing on the come follow me manual and i am going back to the new testament um, of two years ago because i did not do a podcast for that then so i'm retracting but they are incredible lessons that I was sad I missed in recording back then. So uh, for those that are brand new and coming into the podcast, welcome. We are happy you are here. And a quick disclaimer, I am not a scriptorian. I am just a simple person that loves to share what makes a difference in her life and the scriptures are the most powerful thing that I can do on my daily um, routine. So I'm hoping that you are able to find something that is of worth to you and that uh, for those that may be more scriptorians or more um, versed in the scriptures, that you understand I will make mistakes and um, things may not come out right. I'm certainly not what people would say politically correct um, and I'm not trying to be. I'm just simply being myself. So hopefully you guys are able to accept that and understand that we're all human. We make mistakes. But in the end, we're all just trying to do the best we can and help others on the way. So with that, I'm going to dive right into the Come Follow Me lesson um, for this particular week in the year. And you are able to find this Come Follow Me manual at a Desiree book Um or online at lds.org. Uh, you can look under libraries, Come Follow Me Manual, Individuals and Families, New Testament, and then the week that we're going to cover today. Or you can download the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints app and do a, the same search under libraries. And so the lesson for today is January 21st through 27th, and um, it is titled, We Have Found the Messiah. And I love this title. Um, it absolutely is reminiscing of what I need to be able to accomplish and do, um, and more sooner than later. And so today we're going to read in the New Testament on John 1. And I'm going to obviously read 
a lot from the Come Follow Me manual because they did a great job at asking or summarizing and asking the questions. So I'm not going to take away from that. It says here, have you ever wondered whether you would have recognized Jesus of Nazareth as the Son of God if you had been alive during his mortal ministry? For years, faithful Israelites, including Andrew, Peter, Philip, and Nathaniel, had waited and prayed for the coming of the promised Messiah. When they met him, how did they know that he was the one they had been seeking? The same way all of us come to know the Savior by accepting the invitation to come and see for ourselves. We read about him in the scriptures. We hear his doctrine. We observe his way of living. We feel his spirit. Along the way, we discover, as Nathaniel did, that the Savior knows us and loves us and wants to prepare us to receive greater things. I love that. Isn't that amazing? Would you have recognized Jesus if he would have been among you or if he is among you now? How can you ensure that you will recognize him? And that is the biggest question of our lifetime, I believe. And the reason being is that it's not going to be easy and simple. And why is that? Because there is opposition in all things. And this world currently, under the state that it's in, belongs to Satan. And Satan is not going to let you go very easily. He will make it so hard and deceive you in the most crafty way for you to believe that Jesus is among us even though he may not. I don't know if you know but Satan or Lucifer is an angel or was an angel of light and he knows the plan just like Jesus knows the plan. There is nothing hidden so he knows all the trickery, magic that he can do to deceive us into believing that there's certain prophets, there's certain angels coming down, because he can appear to be an angel of light as well. Big differences, though, and we've talked about some of those earlier in earlier podcasts. Um there's a difference on angels sent from God and Satan appearing to be an angel of light. Um, so bottom line, we need to be prepared to recognize Jesus when he is here, when he is coming, um, especially for the second coming. He's already been here once in the old world in Jerusalem where he was born and lived and was crucified, and then he was resurrected. Uh, so he came back to visit his apostles um, to show himself that he was resurrected. And then he came uh, within that same time that three days after his resurrection and after leaving the apostles, he came to the Americas. And 
also uh, came to um, fulfill the prophecies that um, he would go and gather the lost sheep, other sheep that were not of the same fold, and that he will bring them together and there will be one God and one Savior for the entire world. And so the people here also got to meet him and he established the church and apostles among here as well um, because he is the same God for everyone, the entire world, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And whatever he taught in the old world, he was going to teach in the new world. And the testimony or the Bible of the old world testifies of the same thing that the Book of Mormon and Doctrine and Covenants of the New World does. They are witnesses of the same Christ, the same Savior, and the same love of God. And as you already know, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses shall everything be established. And there we have the combination of the scriptures that are testifying of our Savior and how we can get to know him and overcome the adversary fiery darts of Satan in this world while we are here. So, bottom line, we are going to find out a little bit more about who John was and how he developed a strong testimony of Jesus Christ, the gospel, and of teaching that doctrine to the world. So here we go on John one thirty nine. Um, he says, He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. John one fifty. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I have said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And so, who was John? John was a disciple of John the Baptist and later became one of the first followers of Jesus Christ and of, the, of his 12 apostles. He wrote the Gospel of John, several epistles, and the book of Revelation. In his Gospel, he referred to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved and the other disciple. And you can look at John thirteen twenty three and 23. John's zeal for preaching the gospel was so strong that he asked to stay on the earth until the Savior's second coming so he could bring souls unto Christ. So, incredible. Um... John had a great passion or zeal for teaching the gospel. We're going to read a little bit more about him. It says, John thirteen twenty three. Now there was a leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. 2013. Peter therefore went forth, and what other disciple, and came to the sepulchre. So Peter and John. And so you guys know that the head of the church when Jesus died was Peter, James, and John. So John was one of the three that were at the head of the church when 
um, Jesus died or he left them there. Um, so it was Peter who was left as a prophet with two counselors. Um, and then um, that he chose to stay behind until the second coming. We're going to read on Doctrine and Covenants 716, and it says here, And the Lord said unto me, John, my beloved, what desirest thou? For if you shall ask what you will, it shall be granted unto you. And I said unto him, Lord, give me power over death, that I may live and bring souls unto thee. And the Lord said unto me, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, because thou desirest this, Thou shalt tarry until I come in my glory, and shall prophesy before nations, kindreds, tongues, and people. And for this cause the Lord said unto Peter, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? For he desireth me that he might bring souls unto me, but thou desirest that thou mightest speedily come unto me in my kingdom. I say unto thee, Peter, this was a good desire, but my beloved has desired that he might do more or a greater work yet among men than what he has before done. Yea, he has undertaken a greater work. Therefore I will make him as a flaming fire and an ministering angel. He shall minister for those who shall be heirs of salvation to dwell on the earth. So what a powerful and you can even say magical thing we just read about that Jesus changed John to be able to live here on earth without tasting of pain of bodily issues um, until he comes and that he will have power to be a ministering angel to those that are working on the same as he is. How fabulous is that? Do you realize there's him and I know of three others from the Americas that asked the same thing the three Nephites. So there are four disciples of Jesus Christ that are among us on the earth that are here as ministering angels and will testify to rulers and kings and heirs of salvation. That means that no matter what you and I see in the world happening right now and that we can clearly see that wickedness is prevailing and all kinds of fraud, fraudulent and uh, deceiving things are happening to make us believe that things have been done correctly and under the Constitution, but in fact they have not. We may be devastated at thinking all is lost, there's no way we can get these people away from power over the people because they have been lying and deceiving us for generations. And um, that can be very overwhelming to think that we have no power over that. But 
you do realize God does have power over everything, sees everything. All the deceit will come to light and we will be shocked literally to death in understanding how much deceit there has been here for many, many, many years. Um, but God has four workers of truth among us around the nations they know the truth they will work to bring truth to light because that is they will be doing the work of the father who is the god of truth and light so need not worry that will come to fruition at the right time in the meantime your job and my job is to gain spiritual strength so that we are not deceived when the Savior comes, that we may truly know and recognize who he is because we have lived his gospel and are living his commandments. So I am just excited to know that John was chose that kind of work to help us in these latter days. The next section is called Jesus Christ was in the beginning with God. This section is so powerful. I hope you feel what I feel. John began his gospel by describing the work that Christ performed before he was born. In the beginning, the word Jesus Christ was with God. What do you learn from the, these verses about the Savior and his work? I'm going to read John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, Jesus Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth not. I love these verses. Um, later on, when Christ came among the, Neph the Nephite nation here in the Americas, and later on when Joseph Smith was called to be a prophet of this last dispensation, he was commanded to do... Um, to look into the same scriptures and, and do the Joseph Smith translation on it through the power of God. And this is the difference in the scriptures I just read to you. I believe it shows a little bit more clarity on those verses. I'm reading the same John 1st, 1 through 5, the Joseph Smith translation. In the beginning was the gospel preached through the Son, and the gospel was the Word, and the Word was with the Son, and the Son was with God, and the Son was of God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made which was made. In Him was the Gospel, and the Gospel was the life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the world, and the world perceiveth 
it not. This to me explains exactly what is going on right now. God has still sent light to his scriptures and it's shining in the world but the world perceiveth it not. The world is not understanding it. The world is not looking into it like they should and it mentions how Jesus Christ was with God before his pre-mortal uh, life, pre-mortal life with God. Um, so were we in spirits, and we all had to come down here and gain a body of flesh and blood because we need to be a lot more like the Father as his children, and he is a God of flesh and blood like you and I resurrected and perfect and we are not but nonetheless we need to be more like them and we need to needed to go through those steps of mortality and death and resurrection to be able to gain an immortal body like they have it so and Jesus Christ was no exception he had to follow the same plan and he became our first perfect example of how we should live and be amongst us and work together and serve each other and love God and his plan because it's the best for us and he knows that as a parent just like you and I know it as parents for our children but we have to have our children experience life and make their own mistakes in order to make the best decisions later and so God has followed that same plan with us and that is how we're able to recognize it so this explains many times I say I don't know why I can see what I can see and others can't I don't know how to help them see God's plan and this scripture just explained it. Um, we do need to work at staying close to God in order to be able to see his work, his plan. Otherwise, Satan takes over in deceiving us and preoccupying our mind with horrific things that are happening, fear, confusion, and therefore, you won't be able to understand God's plan, even if it's staring at you straight in front of you. And so, it is important that we are able to find the Messiah, recognize the Messiah as the topic or, or title of this mentioned. The next section, Disciples of Jesus Christ Bear Witness of Him. And we are all being called to be disciples of Jesus Christ and to bear witness of him, especially now to a world that is non-believing, been so brainwashed and confused, that have become just followers of government and so-called scientists and experts. They may have the education, but they've chosen not to disclose 
whole truth to the public. And in that, they have deceitfully gone against what they have learned because they are not completely putting all the information forth in order for us to make the correct decisions. So we can overcome that by becoming disciples and witnesses of Christ. And so this says right here, John was inspired to seek the Savior because of the testimony of John the Baptist, who declared that he was sent to bear witness of the true light. John himself also bore powerful witness of the life and mission of the Savior. It might be interesting to make a list of truths that John included in his opening testimony of Christ. Why do you think that John began his gospel with these truths? Consider writing your witness of Jesus Christ. What would you want to share? What experiences have helped you to come to know and follow the Savior? Who might be blessed by hearing your testimony? So, why did John, I believe John was the only apostle of the Twelve who spoke about the pre-mortal existence who Jesus Christ was before he came to earth. And I'm glad he did because that gives us an insight into our life before we came to earth. And the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants definitely shed a lot more light on the premortal existence. And I am inviting you to look more into that. Just know that we were all together in the premortal existence. God needed to create a plan to help all of his sons and daughters be able to come back uh, as immortal beings to live with him someday instead of just staying as spiritual children. And two of his sons came with plants to him. And uh, the son of the morning, or light, the son of light, an uh, angel of light, was Lucifer. And his plan was the following. I will force everyone to follow your plan to the T. No one will be lost. I will bring them all back to you. And in the end, I want the glory of having done that be upon me. Okay, well, God said, mm, I don't know. I don't think I like your plan. Why should you get all the glory of that if it's not really, um, you know, I'm the one with the power and I'm letting you come up with a plan and you wanting all the power and glory? It shouldn't be that way. Jesus came forth and said, Father, I will 
go down, show them the way, be a perfect example of how to live and make decisions and learn of thy plan through the scriptures and prophets. And I will show them the way and they can decide for themselves whether they want to follow the plan or not. But they would have reached their first estate, which is to have a body of flesh and blood, and then can proceed through the sacrifice and atonement that I will make for them and for the whole world, they will be able to be resurrected and come before thee if they choose and follow thee. Well, God's main gift to humanity is the gift of freedom, of agency to choose. And Satan had chosen to take that freedom and agency away from them by forcing them to live in a way that will bring him back to God. So it was a partially good intention plan, but he was taking away all the agency for you and I to decide. And Jesus wanted to give us the full agency that our Father wanted us to have, and he was going to be an example in showing us the way and setting the plan for us to follow, for us to decide and make it back to God. God chose that plan. Well, I'm here to tell you that that plan is playing out in the world and has been since the beginning of time. You look at how many evil leaders have wanted to take away the power of the people to decide for themselves. Communism, socialism, that is all about taking freedom away from people and giving it to the government who thinks they know better for the whole population. Well, that was Satan's plan. It's currently playing out. They're trying to make this country, who God blessed, that it would not come under bondage if we, the people in this country, served the God of the land, who is Jesus Christ. The government is taking over to convert this great nation into a socialist and communist country. It's the same plan of Satan. Why would he stop promoting to you and I the very plan that he presented in the pre-existence? He hasn't. But he has deceived us so well that you and I are now choosing that plan. Holy cow. We need to strengthen ourselves spiritually, brothers and sisters, so that you and I can see the light and perceive it and understand how we can come closer to God and Jesus Christ so that we can see the plan more laid out before us in a way that we can walk that plan. So I am grateful that we have people like John still on the earth to help us with that. Um, it says here, I am going to read 
these verses on John 1, 8 through 9 and 15 through 18 and see if this sheds a little bit more light on you. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received in grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. And <clears throat> this was John the Baptist saying no man had seen God in his true form, because <clears throat> we would disappear and dismantle before him because he is so powerful. So he had <clears throat> to show himself uh, or other like Moses <clears throat> um, and other prophets in a way that they can see him without being um, destroyed because of his great light and power. So in the Joseph Smith translation, it sheds a little bit more on that. Um, but right here, what does it mean to become the sons of God? It says, though we are all spirit sons and daughters of God, when we sin, we become estranged or separated from him. Jesus Christ offers us a way back through his atoning sacrifice and our obedience to the covenants, he gives us power to become the sons and daughters of God once again. We are born again and become reconciled to our Father, worthy of his eternal inheritance and heirs of all that he has. And that is found in Romans eight fourteen through 18 and Jacob four eleven. And I'm going to read those. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that he, we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also glorify together, be glorified together. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Amen. I love those scriptures. Now, Jacob 4.11 on the Book of Mormon says the following. Wherefore, beloved brethren, be reconciled unto him through the atonement of Christ, his only begotten Son, and ye may obtain a resurrection according to the power of the resurrection which is in Christ, 
and be presented as the first fruits of Christ unto God, having faith and obtained a good hope of glory in him, for he manifesteth himself in the flesh. And so Christ came down and died for us so that we can erase all of our wickedness and sins and be able to understand God's light and plan and be able to return to him again. So we cannot make it without Christ. I hope we all understand that. And it says one here, has anyone seen God? You know how John the Baptist was saying that nobody had seen God? Well, in his true form, but um, in this particular section it says, yeah, the Old Testament records examples of people who saw God uh, in Genesis thirty-two thirty, Exodus thirty-three eleven, and Isaiah six five. So why would John say that no man had seen God? Um, we're able to see in John one eighteen that clarifies that God the Father does appear to men, and when He does. He bears record of his son. For example, when he appeared to Joseph Smith in the sacred grove, he said to Joseph, This is my beloved son, hear him. There are several other recorded instances where people saw God and the Father in, in a vision. And that's in Acts 7, 55, 56, Revelations 4, 2, Nephi, uh, 1 Nephi 1, 8, Doctrine and Covenants 137-123 or have heard his voice bearing record of the Son in Matthew 3.17-17.5 and that's when Jesus was being baptized. Uh, So I'm just going to quickly read Acts 55-56 But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And then Revelation 4, 2 and 1. And immediately I was in the Spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. And D and C, let's see, First Nephi 1, eight. And being thus overcome with the Spirit, he was carried away in a vision, even that he saw the heavens open, and he thought he saw God sitting upon his throne, surrounded by numberless concourses of angels, in the attitude of singing and praising their God. D and C, 137, 1, 2, 3. The heavens were open upon us, and I beheld the celestial kingdom of God and the glory thereof, whether in the body or out, I cannot tell. I saw the transcendent beauty of the gate through which the heirs of that kingdom will enter, which was like unto a circling flames of fire. Also the blazing throne of God, whereon was seated the Father and the Son. And... I am going to read the first part on Genesis 33:30 30 
And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God's face to face, and my life is preserved. Exodus 33:11. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again unto camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Isaiah 6, 5. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So, and then obviously, Joseph Smith's translation um, or story when he saw God uh, in two verses. Here we go. It no sooner appeared than I found myself delivered from the enemy which held me bound. When the light rested upon me, I saw two personages whose brightness and glory defy all description standing above me in the air. One of them spake unto me, calling me by name, and said, pointing to the other, This is my beloved son, hear him. DNC 76.23 For we saw him even on the right hand of God, and we heard the voice bearing record that he is the only begotten of the Father. There are plenty of scriptures that tell us that God has shown himself to us, the people. And so, there's a scripture that says that Elias will come before the great and dreadful day of the Lord, which is the second coming. And um, people wondered, has Elias come already? And um, the answer is yes, he has. And the world is prepared in that sense to receive um, Jesus Christ a second time. And it says here, uh, the scripture that refers to that, Malachi 4, 5 through 6, uh, basically that it mentions this, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So, when Joseph Smith was chosen as a prophet, he began the work that had stopped when Jesus was on the earth, and that is that we also need to make the gospel available to those that have died, our ancestors who died without the knowledge, so that they too can have a choice and choose whether they're going to follow Jesus or not. And so currently, um, through Joseph Smith, that process was restored. And so we do temple work in the temples where we with permission, get records of deceased family members um, that we then do ordinances of baptism and confirmation 
and all of that so that they on the other side where they're spirits again because they've died can choose to accept that baptism or confirmation and be ready for the second coming or not they still have that choice when we do the baptisms and confirmations here for them we are not taking that choice from them they can still choose to accept it or reject it but it needs to be done by someone that's living that has a body of flesh and bone and so we are doing that work and so that work is happening going through right now and so yes the world is ready to receive its king and we what's going to usher him to come is the wickedness of the world because there's a point where he can no longer stand the wickedness and he needs to come and cleanse this world by fire which sounds very scary but we will those that are close to him that have stayed and followed the plan will be spared in many ways to not feel the full wrath of him when he comes so i hope that you and i are on that side that we have worked so hard to strengthen our spirit so that we can recognize the messiah when he comes and recognize his chosen leaders that are here to lead and guide us is my prayer and i am going to leave you this um podcast here for you to contemplate and think of what you want to do and how you want to strengthen yourself to be able to recognize jesus christ when he comes again and I'm hoping you have a fabulous rest of the day. This is Rosa Garcia with Why Jesus signing off.